So just stand up and loosen your belly, find your feet. Why would you want to get a full-time job as soon as you arrive? When you arrive, go and have fun, travel around a bit, find your feet and find a place that you want to get a job, not just the first place you land in. So going to the university is something that actually uh, is a major change and we want you to feel comfortable here and actually find your feet also in terms of friendships and all of these social changes that are happening as you're also learning the foundations of linguistics. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. Oh, alrighty guys, welcome to this episode of Aussie English. I'm your host, Pete. Today, we're going to be covering an English expression. Obviously, it is an expression episode, but yeah, welcome to this episode of Aussie English, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. Before we get into it, don't forget... If you want the transcripts and the other bonus content to all of these podcast episodes, you can get them when you sign up to the premium podcast at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash podcast. You can get my courses on the website as well at aussieenglish.com.au forward slash courses. And if you would like to take your English to the next level with weekly speaking calls, with access to a hundred or more different courses related to different podcast episodes, speaking courses interview courses, that sort of stuff, join my academy, guys. And don't forget, for any of these products, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So, I want it to be as easy for you guys to get in there, give it a go, see if it's for you. If it's not, I'll refund you if you ask for a refund before 30 days. But yeah, just know that that option is there. I want it to be as risk-free as possible for you guys so that you can get the most out of my products and give them a go. So, With that aside, guys, welcome to this episode. Today, we're going to be covering an expression, which is to find your feet, to find your feet, to find your feet. I wonder if you've heard this one before, but before we get into that, guys, let's go through an Aussie joke, all right? So, I thought, how do I find a joke related to feet, related to feet? Okay, I'll search feet jokes and see what comes up, and I've got a good one here. It's a, it's a bit of a perler. It is a, um, yeah, a funny joke. Why do cows have hooves instead of feet? Right? Why do cows have hooves instead of feet? This is, this is great. You ready? Because they lack toes. Because they lack toes, and that is lactose, spelt L-A-C-T-O-S-E, which is, I believe it is the protein, or is it the enzyme? Lactase is the enzyme. Lactose is the protein that is in milk, right? So, cows produce milk. In that milk, they produce lactose. So, why do cows have hooves instead of feet? Because they lack toes. <laughs> As opposed to lactose, they don't have 
toes, right? Hooved animals don't have toes. Anyway, yeah. Great joke. Great joke. <laughs> Let's get into it, though. Okay. So, today's expression is to find your feet, right? Find your feet. Let's go through and define the different words in this expression first, okay? So, if you find something, you discover something, you succeed in obtaining something. You might be at home, you might lose your keys, and then you find them in the sofa, right? You might go to a pub, sit in a chair, and find that below the chair is a dollar on the ground, right? You discover that. Your, I'm sure you guys will know the possessive pronoun your, right? Your, your friend, your mother, your money. It is to be put in front of nouns that belong to you, right? Your. Feet, the last one, I'm sure you're going to know this. Feet is the plural of the word foot. All humans have two feet, at least generally, right? They have two feet. A foot on either leg, two feet. It's the lower extremity of your leg that is below the ankle on which a person stands or walks, um, with which a person kicks, right? You might kick a footy, a football, with your foot. So, the expression definition. Like many of these definitions for these expressions, there's a literal one and there's a figurative one. The literal expression definition is to stand up and be able to walk. So, you find your feet, right? Maybe a an animal like a kangaroo raises its joey. The joey's in the pouch for a long time, drinking the milk that's coming from the mum who's lactating and that milk will have lactose in it. And inside the baby joey, there will be an enzyme called lactase, which is used to break down lactose. So, the baby's in the pouch, but then eventually it gets out of the pouch and has to find its feet, right? Not literally, like it, I guess, you know, is trying to find where its feet are, but find its feet in a sense that it's trying to learn to walk or to hop in in the uh, example of a kangaroo. The figurative definition, though, and the more common one that you're going to hear with the expression to find your feet is to become confident or successful in a particular field or activity, right? So, to get established in a new location after moving, whether in a house or a suburb, or to get established in a certain job, if you get a new job and you become confident and successful in that role, that job. So, I tried to look into the origin of this expression, and it seems like this expression's been around since ancient times in various different forms, and that it does come from the literal version, which is that, you know, newborns, whether humans or animals, have to try and find their feet after they're born, you know, in the case of ungulates, animals like horses or cows or deer, that might be within, you know, hours of being born that they need to find their feet and walk usually because there's a predator of some kind in the natural environment that's going to eat them if they can't walk. But in the case of humans, it might take many years. Well, not many years, maybe many months. I think Noah learnt to walk at about 11 months. So, as usual, guys, let's go through some examples where I will give you some contextual examples of how to use the expression to find your feet, okay, to find your feet. So, example number one. Imagine that you've recently applied for a new job and you were the successful applicant who got the job. So, on the first day at work, they introduce you to all your colleagues and they show you around the office. They'll show you where you'll be working, you know, who you're going to be working with, what you're going to be working with, everything like that. But most importantly, they tell you about your role at the company and what you're going to be doing. So, they know it's going to take some time to get used to, but not to worry because they're confident that you're going to be the right man for the job and that you're going to find your feet quickly, 
right? You're going to get used to the job quickly. You'll work things out really fast. You'll be successful. You'll gain confidence. You'll find your feet. Example number two. So, in this example, imagine that you start a new relationship with someone. So, maybe you guys met, you know, in person, at a pub, uh, at a friend's party, or maybe you met online or on Tinder, one of those dating apps. It's been a long time since I've been on any of those apps, so I'm not even sure if Tinder's around. But you've met someone new, you know, you guys have been dating for a while, you got each other's numbers when you first met, you've caught up a couple of times to get coffee, all that sort of stuff, and then things start moving fast, and now you're in a relationship. But despite this, you're still both trying to find your feet and see how things are going, right? So, you don't want to rush into it too quickly. You want to take your time to find your feet, to gain confidence, to um, become confident in this relationship. You're slowly finding your feet, you know, hoping that you're a good match for one another. Example number three, your husband or wife one day gets a huge promotion at work. And as a result of this promotion, you and your family have to uproot, right? Imagine like being a tree where you pull your roots out of the ground and you can move around. (laughs) So, you uproot your family and you have to move to a completely different city, You know, maybe it's in the same country, but it's a completely different city. So, an example might be that if you were well-established in Melbourne and you get this job opportunity where your family has to uproot and move to a completely different city, the city might be, say, Perth, you know, which is about as far from Melbourne as you can get on the mainland. So, you have to move thousands of kilometres out west and set up shop in Western Australia and get used to things over there. You've got to meet new people, you've got to get used to the new job, you've got to find a new house, you know, find your way around the suburb that you're going to be living in. So, it's going to take you a while to settle in, it's going to take you a while to find your feet. So, as you start getting used to things though, you start to find your feet. So, there you go, guys. That is the expression to find your feet. It can be literally to stand up and be able to walk around. You know, you've found where your feet are and you can use them. You can walk around. But figuratively, it is to become confident or successful in a particular field or activity or to get established in a new location after moving there. You know, whether it's a house or a suburb or a city, it's to become accustomed to that place. So, let's have a listen to those examples that I showed you at the start of this episode again and see if you can understand the context of how the expression find your feet was being used. So, just stand up and loosen your belly, find your feet. Why would you want to get a full-time job as soon as you arrive? When you arrive, go and have fun, travel around a bit, find your feet and find a place that you want to get a job, not just the first place you land in. So, going to the university is something that actually uh, is a major change and we want you to feel comfortable here and actually find your feet also in terms of friendships and all of these social changes that are happening as you're also learning the foundations of linguistics. All right, good work. Now, let's go through a little listen and repeat exercise. Now, I'm a bit of a stickler for pronunciation when it comes to language learning. I think it's something really important that you guys should always be working on. It's the kind of thing, it's like going to the gym, right? You don't go to the gym once or, you know, for one short period of time and then get fit and that's it. For the rest of your life, you're fit. The same thing with learning a language, especially later on in life. 
the pronunciation and, and trying to maintain good pronunciation or to achieve good pronunciation, it is something that takes a lot of practice, a lot of repetition, and it happens over a very long period of time, and you kind of need to always be focusing on these things one way or another, okay? So, that's why I love having these little pronunciation exercises in these episodes. So, let's get into it. Listen and repeat after me, guys. Focus on the way that I'm pronouncing these words, but also, I know that you guys are advanced English learners. Focus on the intonation that I use, the rhythm that I use, the connected speech that I use. And before we get into it, just quickly, sorry, I know that I'm rabbiting on, I'm talking a lot, I'm carrying on. The pronunciation course is currently being worked on. I know that you guys will have noticed that it is currently um, closed so that new people can't sign up to the course. However, it will be available soon. I'm just planning out how I want to structure the course in the future and the different lessons that I want to add to it because I want to make it more advanced and easier to use as well, more fun. Okay, so let's get into it anyway. To, to find, to find your, to find your feet, to find your feet, to find your feet, to find your feet. It took a while. But I finally found my feet. It took a while, but you finally found your feet. It took a while, but he finally found his feet. It took a while, but she finally found her feet. It took a while, but we finally found our feet. It took a while, but they finally found their feet. It took a while, but it finally found its feet. Good work, guys. Now, there are quite a few things happening there in terms of what we would call assimilation. That is where two sounds join together and change the uh, sound. So, you'll have something like a consonant and a vowel, one after the other, or maybe two consonants or maybe two vowels. And because they're next to one another, they are hard to say. And so, we change the sound. So, an example would be instead of saying, to find your feet, you're going to hear me reduce to and your to t and y to find your feet to find your feet, but you'll also notice a j sound in there instead of a d or y sound, right? So, find your, if I say both of those words, but if I link them together with connected speech, you're going to hear find jaw, find jaw, which would literally be the same thing sound-wise as, say, fine, F-I-N-E, 
and jaw, like the thing that I'm speaking with in my face, J-A-W. They would sound the same. Fine jaw, fine jaw. (laughs) Find your fine jaw. So, anyway, guys, it's just one of those things I like pointing out. Connected speech is a really good way of learning to sound more natural when you speak English and sort of fitting in with native speakers. A big thing isn't necessarily the pronunciation of individual sounds. It's actually the linking of words, the fluidity with which you speak, the rhythm that you use, the intonation you use, those more advanced things uh, are going to make you sound a lot more like a native speaker a lot of the time than just focusing on individual sounds, okay? I'm going to make a course in the future covering that more advanced stuff, but in the meantime, keep an eye out for the Australian pronunciation course and when that's out. All right, so before we finish up, let's get into a little Aussie English fact. And I thought, okay, feet, feet, find your feet. What can I talk about in terms of Australia, Australian culture, the environment, whatever it is that's related to feet? And as I am someone who has a big background in biology, I was thinking, okay, animals, feet, what has a lot of feet? Centipedes, right? And Australia is known for having a giant centipede. So, centipedes are a member of the scolopendrid family. This is a group of arthropods, similar to insects and spiders. They're all arthropods too. Centipedes are in the scolopendrid family within, I think, Arthropodidae, without looking it up. So, the largest centipede in the world actually grows up to 30 centimetres long. Right, that's like the length of my forearm. And they come from South America where they actually are so big they can feed on animals like mice and lizards. It's pretty weird when an uh, an invertebrate can eat things that are vertebrates, mice and lizards. However, in Australia, our largest centipede is just over half that length, coming in at about 16 centimetres. However, if you were to come face to face with this fearsome invertebrate, 16 centimetres is still pretty big. So, down under, these guys are dark blue, green, brown in colour, even orange, yellow in colour if you are out in the wild and come across them. They have black bands that run along the length of their body and they have yellow legs and antenna. The body is long and flattened with between 25 and 27 body segments and between 21 and 23 pairs of legs. As an ironic side note, the name centipede means 100 feet, and it comes from Latin, where the words centi means 100 and poda means foot. However, at most, the Australian centipede only has 46 feet, though to be fair, other members of this family can have as many as 354 feet. These guys are highly venomous animals with two large modified claws that curve around their head at the front of their bodies and are able to deliver venom into their victims or any would-be predator. The venom is effective on both mammals and insects, but isn't strong enough to kill large animals quickly, though it does pack one hell of a nasty painful bite if you get too close to it and pick one of these guys up, and it's more than enough to send you packing. So, these guys are found all across Australia in both moist and dry habitats, usually in sheltered places like underneath logs and rocks amongst leaf litter and bark, whether they are in forests, woodlands, rainforests, deserts, or even your backyard. They come out and hunt at night time, and thus they are a nocturnal predator, and they prefer to do so alone, like deadly nighttime ninja assassins. 
Females lay their eggs in large clusters, usually during summer and autumn, and she'll guard them ferociously until after the second molt of her babies, when they're better able to defend themselves and no longer in need of her protection. If you come across one in Australia, the best advice I can give you is to avoid handling them like the plague, right? Just keep away from them, leave them unmolested, lest you would like to receive a painful venomous bite. Just let them go on their way. And I remember, guys, as a quick note here before we finish up, when I was a little kid, we used to travel out to a town called Bendigo in Victoria. And my grandparents had a farm there. And I used to always go out and play in the uh, yard and in the paddocks and everything where there were sheep and stuff. And there would be all these sort of granite rocks from, I guess, from the volcanic activity that had occurred there, you know, millions of years ago. And I'd lift these rocks up and there were always these really large centipedes below them. I don't think they were the giant centipedes, but they were definitely huge. And I definitely steered clear of those guys. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Stay safe and I will chat to you soon. Peace. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to the Aussie English Podcast. If you'd like to boost your English whilst also supporting the podcast and allowing me to continue to bring you awesome content, please consider joining the Aussie English Academy at www.aussieenglish.com.au. You'll get unlimited access to the premium podcast as well as all of my advanced English courses and you'll also be able to join three weekly speaking calls with a real English teacher. Thanks so much, mate, and I'll see you soon. The clips used in today's episode are from the YouTube channels National Theatre, Psycho Traveller, and the University of Birmingham. If you want to check them out, they'll be in the transcription and in the show notes.